When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Carousel. Nothing personal. Word of the day. It is Monday, January 9th, 2023. And the carousel begins. Black Monday is the day. The carousel is the coaching carousel. It's the quarterback carousel. It's the end of the year when you're not in the playoffs, you're despondent. Green Bay Packers woke up this morning. Absolutely DBR controlled their own destiny. All they had to do was beat the Lions, protect your kneecaps, and they couldn't do it at Lambeau. So they wake up as one of the 18 teams not in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers asked for his jersey after the game. Jersey swapped Dwayne Wade style. Now I think I'll keep this one. Could it be his last game in Green Bay? Will he end his career in Green Bay the way Brett Favre did? A little interception. Let the debates begin. Was Rodgers better than Favre? Was he not? Could he have been? Aaron Rodgers was asked immediately. I don't know why media does this. I guess they have to. But when a game is over, there's a rule, as you know, that you have to meet the media if you're a player. You go in, and the first question is, tell me about your future. Have you ever seen, like, sideline reporters do that when someone wins the Super Bowl or they win something and they don't have a contract for next year? Jack McKeon, love you. He was asked right after the World Series, are you coming back next year? Let me, let me party, let me focus on the excitement of winning. And especially because you don't know what you're doing in the emotion of the moment. Nobody does, it's a violation of the 30 minute rule. Don't ask a player, don't ask a coach, don't ask an executive. There's only one time yesterday when I would ask someone something within 30 minutes and then laugh at the answer. And that would be with the firing of Lovey Smith, the coach of the Texans. We're gonna get to that in a minute. No, I'm getting, forget it, Coca. I'm getting to it right now. If you have a chance to get the number one pick in the NFL and you don't do it, shame on you. If you have a chance to go for two and win a game and winning that game means that the Bears get the number one pick and you don't, you're fired. If you think that Lovey Smith did not know the situation of his team before the game started, that they needed to lose to get the number one pick. In baseball, 
it used to be that having the number one pick is cool if there's a Bryce Harper available or Steven Strasburg or a real slam dunk. In the NBA, there's a lottery. Baseball, there's now a lottery. Having the worst record does not guarantee the number one pick. What sport is the number one pick more important than football? Now, you're going to say basketball because they come in and help the team immediately. I'm going to say football. You're on the clock. There's no lottery. You get it with the worst record. You can tank for Tua. Lovey Smith said to you, he said two things about the game yesterday. Number one, he said it's simple. We play to win the game. It's as simple as that. Well, no, it's not. When you're the GM of a team, you actually meet with your coach, you talk about the game plan for the week, the game plan for the game, and you've got to be very clear in what you want. After the game, when asked, Lovey Smith explained what he did because we want to win, which is a bunch of horse hockey, of course. And then he said, he's ready to be back. He literally said, do I expect to be back? Yeah, I expect to be back. Absolutely. Hold on. I'm getting a call. This is happening live. Hold on. Hey, it's Lovey. Hold on. Let me answer this quick question. Yes, I expect to be back. Of course I'm going to be. Yeah. You want to see me in the office now? Okay. Can I, can I just, can I change shower? Oh, just as I am now? No problem. All right. I'll be right there. Lovey Smith goes to the principal's office after winning the game against Jeff Saturday's Colts and gets canned. Black Monday begins on Sunday now. Lovey Smith, that organization's unreal. What are they trying to be? Me? Four coaches, four years, no direction. Three years left that they're going to have to pay Lovey not to coach. Love that. It's in the budget. When the CFO does the budget at the end of the year and they start working toward next season, there's a budget line item for coaches' salaries and non-player personnel salaries. You go front office, you do marketing executives and sales executives and the finance department and then stadium operations. And you always have your own line. And it I used to call it the deadline. The deadline is money that you're spending on things that are not benefiting you at all in the year in which you're spending the money. They call it dead cap space, right, in the NFL. I called it the deadline because deadlines are anything. Get it? It's a double entendre. Deadline is you're on a deadline. Let's go. Deadline is it's a line in your budget and it's dead. All money paid to released players. All money paid to players who are hurt. All money paid to people, both in the front office and your coaching staff anywhere, who you fired who are under a long-term contract. Dead line. Lovey Smith is going to be three years in that deadline. And it's such a little, uh, isn't it? Because it reminds you every time you look at the budget. And when you're the president of a team, you look at the budget all the time. You're getting monthly reports. I liked getting weekly reports. I even got daily reports for game. We would budget every game and the revenue you were supposed to get for that game. You budget it before the season. And then you put that all together. And that's your total year's budget for your 81 home games. And then at the end of a game, you get what's called a flash report. And that would show me what we actually made that night, if anything, how much revenue we had from gate to food to beverage, et cetera, et cetera. So then you get a monthly budget, actual versus budget. Here's what we spent. Here's what we made. 
And every time my eyes would go to the deadline because it would infuriate me because there's nothing you can do. Lovey Smith will get paid every two weeks for the next three years and he won't do a thing. I have no idea. And, and Coca, you can tell me this if you know. Is there a consensus number one in the NFL draft? You know, all these guys. I think the first mock draft on CBS for 2023 was done in 2017. I think that's when they start the mock drafts, right? As the guys are getting their first like chest hair. So the question is, is there like somebody who's going to be just so obviously the number one? Coke is telling me louder. Bryce Young from Alabama. Could have been. Could have been? Okay. We'll see. <sighs> oh, because the Bears don't need a quarterback. Oh, I get that. That's funny. Guess what? Doesn't matter. Lovey Smith started the carousel. Aaron Rodgers said, hey, I think it may be time to get off the carousel. Carousel comes to a stop. It's time to get off. Have you ever gotten on or off a carousel that's moving? Have you ever gotten on or off Have you ever, when you go skiing? The chairlift never stops if you're not ready, right? Then it'll stop because you've fallen. Or a gondola, when you get on a gondola, it's a moving platform, right? The subway stops, the plane stops, the train stops. Moving walkways, escalators don't stop, do they? They keep going and going and going. You just try to teach your kids and yourself how to get on and up escalator, how to get on and down escalator. How about how to negotiate an escalator when you've got a rolling bag? right? You got to, you learn that, right? The first time you do it on the way down, like it falls into your legs, you keep it on the step above you. Then you put it on the step below you and it falls into the next guy. So you sort of learn, oh, I'm going to stand with it on the way up. Sometimes it gets caught because the escalator steps, they get, they're flat and then they get higher. You know exactly what I mean. Don't say you don't. So it doesn't stop. There are carousels, which are constantly, you know, you slow down. Aaron Rodgers says, hey, the carousel comes to a stop. It may be time to get off. I think you kind of know when that is. No, you don't, Aaron. That's the whole point of a player and a contract like the one you signed. You don't know when it's time to stop. The majority of players don't know when it's time to stop. They'll actually admit to you they want to get their uniform ripped off their back. Talk about lack of self-awareness. It's not that Aaron Rodgers isn't good enough to be the quarterback of the Packers. Is he good enough to bring him to the Super Bowl? Not on his own. You need receivers. You don't even need a running game anymore. Aaron Rodgers, it's that, you know, it's annoying. I've been thinking about this a lot. People have asked me, would you go back and work in football? The answer is no, I'm never leaving Coca. Never say never, but I really don't want to. But you have whole departments now when you get a salary cap. The NBA has these in the front office. NFL has these. It's all departments. It's people who are, I mean, this is stereotyping, right? But they're wearing their glasses. They've got their Urkel sort of pocket calculator. And they're figuring out dead cap and live cap and sort of not totally dead. Who do we have? When can we release them? I went through a whole thing with you about Russell Wilson and what year he could leave the Broncos. The question is, when Aaron Rodgers signed his deal, which was last offseason when he had all that drama, and then he signed, he sort of tore up his deal, then he signed a new deal, and you had sports business people saying, here's the best time to get rid of a player. How great is that? It's like a prenup agreement when you're getting married. 
you're planning for the divorce, but you don't want it. You don't get married thinking you're going to get divorced, but hey, just in case, and I get it, 50% of the time it's going to end in divorce, so we might as well plan for it, because if we don't, you could screw me. And I'd only rather get screwed during the marriage, not after the marriage. So it's the same thing with player contracts. When there is a cap and you have math to do, hey, we're going to do it now and we're going to be honest with you. No, you're not. You're never honest with the player about why you're structuring things a certain way. It's up to the agent to tell the player, hey, they want this and this and that because of the cap, because of the rules, but they're going to do it for them, not for you. When Aaron Rodgers signed the deal, we thought this would be it. And when he walked off that field, that was it. That was his goodbye. He's done. See you later. How do you stop a team from winning? I was thinking about that so much with the Texans. I don't know how to do that. It's very strange, right? You talk to them before the game. It was the whole Miami Dolphins situation. Remember when there was a question, Brian Flores accused them. Brian Flores, the nine and eight Brian Flores who didn't make the playoffs as compared to the Mike McDaniel nine and eight who did make the playoffs yesterday in week 18. So McDaniel is not gonna get fired because you can't keep firing coaches, can you? How do you tell your, that's a fine, a live fine. How do you tell your coach? You just do it directly. When you have a chance to go for two, I just can't even, go look at the video. Lovey Smith going for two against the Colts. I want the number two pick to stink in this year's draft. I normally don't root against kids, it's not nice. But I want the Bears number one pick to be like an all pro Hall of Famer. And I want the Texans number two pick to be an ab. I want him to be Tony Mandarich. That's not his name, I don't think. That would have been such a great segment, Coca. Come on. Do you remember the guy on the cover of Sports Illustrated, the steroid guy who the Packers drafted? Because this tied in with the Packers and the Texans. He was this lineman Tony Mandich or Mandarich or Miandich or either way he stunk what else happened in week 18 boy it was a uh, as we suspected there was no doubt that it was going to be an honor for DeMar Hamlin everyone was wearing the t-shirts Hamlin what a miraculous recovery so far don't know if he's going to be able to play football but it certainly feels like he is going to live that's the thing about sickness, right? It's a nightmare when you somebody gets sick or has a heart attack and you think they're okay. And then a week later, it's one of the saddest things that could ever happen. Then all of a sudden, it's another heart attack or something happens and the person dies. But as I sit here today, I'm hopeful that Hamlin's going to recover. Don't know whether or not he's going to be able to play football again. And there was some business to attend to. The business to attend to is what are we doing about money? And I did a segment telling you that if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I am more than happy to keep DeMar Hamlin on my payroll in perpetuity if he can't play football. Let him be a community liaison, maybe a scout, maybe a coach. I'm going to do something. The Bills started the process already where they agreed yesterday to pay Hamlin his full contract for this year. That may sound ordinary. Why wouldn't you? That's your job. When you sign a player to a contract, you have to pay him. Well, nope. In the NFL, they have something called a split contract. A split contract is when you get one rate when you are at the major league level and one rate when you're at the minor league level. That's a major league baseball split contract. 
The NFL has the same thing, except it's one rate if you're playing on the team and one rate if you're injured, if you're on injured reserve. Injured reserve is where Hamlin went, which means that Hamlin's 800 grand this year, let's say, would have been only 400 grand. I don't understand the math of why it's not prorated when he only would have missed two games and why he wouldn't just lose two games of pay and be paid the 400 grand rate for two of the games. But the theory is you are paying less money to a player who's not playing. Love it. Agree to it. The Bills said, let's call the players union. Let's call the commissioner's office and let's do the right thing. Let's pay him his entire salary. And the union and the league agreed and DeMar Hamlin will get paid his full salary. It is the single worst decision the NFL could have made. And I am not being a curmudgeon. I am not saying that Hamlin shouldn't get the money. I'm saying that if I'm president of the Buffalo Bills, I am giving Hamlin his full money, but I'm not doing it by guaranteeing his contract and by making him get paid at the $800,000 level. Why? I am not interested in the precedent that that would set. What happens for a player who gets a compound fracture? He's not dead. He didn't, wasn't dead and got revived. I guess that's worth the guaranteed money. What about a paralyzed player? What about a concussed player? Who's on injured reserve, are you gonna pay them? What is the threshold of pity pay? You cannot give an advantage to either side when you're in a collective bargaining relationship. The players union doesn't give an inch. Management doesn't give an inch because when you give an inch, that inch is given and you cannot get it back because when you do, it costs you a foot. So the NFL should not have allowed Buffalo to do it. They should have given him and Terry Pagula, the owner, the option. How do I get him his money? not through a contract, sign him to a personal services contract as soon as it is clear that he's not playing again. Renegotiate his contract in later years if he does play again to get him makeable bonus, a roster bonus, a workout bonus. Add a provision if you're on the active roster on X day, you get $400,000. There are myriad ways that I could have found to get him the money, which is the right result, and I absolutely agree with it. But by giving up what you have negotiated in a collective bargaining environment, by giving up the right to have a split contract for a player who's injured, you cannot then go back and say, no, no, it was just Hamlin because he needed to be resuscitated. That's going to get lost in the negotiations going forward. Mark my words, they made a mistake. Hamlin was uh, honored by every team. He, the heart gesture, I can't even make the heart gesture if you're looking, I don't know how to do it. Do you just do that? My, my knuckles don't really go that direction very well. Do you, wait, I think I've got it. If you're watching on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel or at NPDS YouTube channel, I don't even know what that means, but I think if you go backslash at NPDS, you'll be on our channel. Please subscribe. He started making shirts 
How do you feel if you're the marketing executive for Hamlin right now? Do you feel like you just won the lottery? Or do you feel like you're overmatched and you're totally screwed? They're printing shirts, did we win, which were his first words. Proceeds go to first responders and to people in the trauma center at the University of Cincinnati. I love what Hamlin's doing. Absolutely love it. Makes sense. But on the other hand, you also know you've got a client who has an opportunity here to make a lot more money off the field than you would have expected. When you have Hamlin as your client, you are expecting sort of run-of-the-mill marketing deals. He could become a great defensive back maybe. But as a young defensive back, you're looking for anything, right? A local car dealership. Now he is a national figure. If I am the family of Hamlin, I'm firing my current marketing executive and I'm hiring the best agent there is. I'm going to a big firm. I'm going to UTA. I may not need player representation. I may not need contractual representation, but man, I need help in maximizing because I want to make money the rest of my life. I'm only 24 years old. I may never play football and I want to do good for people and I want to do good for myself. I want to thank the people who saved my life and I want to earn a living for my future family and my current family. Totally normal, totally fine, no problem. But you know, like a, a, a starter house or a starter girlfriend or a starter car, right? At some point you grow out of it. Hamlin had a starting marketing person. I don't know the person. It's not, but it just makes sense, right? I think he's going to need someone with more experience. Keep recovering. It's quite something. All right, Coca. I am ready to go to break. I want When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, a movie we watched with Will Smith. Talk about his comeback. And believe me, we're going to get to the coaching carousel even more in the NFL. And I'm really hoping to talk about Trevor Bauer which means we will. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Jeremy Renner, if you just saw that commercial, he is doing some posts from his hospital bed. Uh, he got run over by his own snowplow. I don't know if you saw that. Hoping for recovery from him. But he had family around and uh, 
what a nightmare. So I still watch the movie every day. And this weekend I watched a bunch of things, but I want to talk about Emancipation with Will Smith. The way a movie works is that it is years in development. Emancipation was in development long before the slap gate happened at last year's Oscars. By the way, Academy Award nominations are in two weeks from tomorrow. Golden Globes are this Tuesday, tomorrow actually. Excited for those, they're back. Everyone's gonna be drunk and happy. So the movie's in development for a bunch of years. You put a lot of money into it. Producers are financing it, executive producers are financing it. There's studios involved. Sometimes you make a movie that hasn't been sold to a studio and you're putting money in up front, hoping to get it back on distribution. It is a very tough business to make money in movies. When you make a movie with someone, and this is happening right now with The Flash and Ezra Miller, Emancipation with Will Smith, when someone does something before the movie can come out and it is gonna make your box office receipts lower, the opportunity for you to make money smaller, you're angry. Emancipation stars Will Smith as a slave who is escaping based on a true story. It's the story of his escape, how he escapes, how he's separated from his family, how he finds his family again, does he find them again? It is straight Oscar bait, except the movie is mediocre. His performance is fine, but it was too much. Have you ever seen uh, like Tropic Thunder when Ben Stiller plays that character, he's an actor, and he plays the handicapped character. And the, the funny joke that they say is, if you're a non-handicapped actor and you play a handicap like Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man, Sean Penn's done it like an I Am Sam, Daniel Day-Lewis, My Left Foot, like play someone with a disability, play someone Jamie Foxx, play someone blind, play someone deaf, play someone paralyzed, play someone who's a, um, savant, autistic, you got a chance at an Oscar. It seemed to me that Will Smith was going for that and he didn't hit the mark. And if you don't get it right, you come off wrong. I'm gonna have you skip Emancipation even though it's free if you're Apple TV Plus. I just don't think if you want to learn or feel about those times, go watch The Best Picture, 12 Years a Slave. There are myriad movies on this subject, emancipation, not one of them. That's a hard pass for me. All right, Coca, play me some music. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Get on Twitter at David P. Samson. Ask me any question you want. Go on Apple. You can rate, review. Just find me. Hi, David. Hi. When a team asks permission from another team to speak to a coach or GM, to what extent does the new team already have an agreement in place with the coach or GM? Now that question was asked to me this weekend. And the reason it was asked is that the Saints still own the rights, speaking of slavery, they still own the rights to Sean Payton. Sort of an unfortunate way to express it because it's not slavery. It's not even close to slavery. Shouldn't be in the same sort of nomenclature as that, but that's how it goes. Do you know when a player 
actually retires, um, they have to go on something called a retired list. And they that's how you get taken off of a roster. And if you don't want to retire, you can be inactive, but you're still property, property, I'm saying that word on purpose, of your last team. And when you go on the retired list, you go on the retired list as a member or part of your last team. That's like the one day contract. That's why they do it. I'd like to sign a one day contract with the Marlins and retire a Marlin. That's because you're permanently on the Marlins inactive retired list, which means if you come back, you're a Marlins player. Well, Sean Payton is a New Orleans Saints employee, coach. They had a grant permission to the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton, give me a break, Sean. If you want to coach, just interview and take a coaching job. Like Bill Cower for seven years or Tony Dungy. We had a watch every year. Are you going to go to the booth, leave the booth, back to the sidelines, like drama and intrigue to create off-season news. I love it. But if you're that person, just make a decision. You know if you're Sean Payton that you're going to get full personnel control and authority. Just choose where you want to live. Oh, I'm going to evaluate their cap situation. I'm going to see whether or not Russell Wilson can be jettisoned. I'm going to see if I can find a place to live in Denver and if I like the winter, if I'm good at driving with snow tires. I'm going to meet with David Tepper and see if the Panthers job makes sense to me. How about that? Absolutely ridiculous. Sean McVay, Sean Payton, coaches who are deciding what they're going to do. They suck the oxygen out of the early offseason. Sean McVay, they're showing him, right? The Super Bowl winning coach, 36 years old. He could be in any TV studio that anybody could be in. All you got to be is a former coach and you can be inside a studio. Is he going to come back? Does he want to be a part of the Rams rebuild? They won a Super Bowl last year. Now there's a rebuild coming. Oh, I'm 36. I don't want to be part of that. You want to be in the Hall of Fame as a coach, then you got to go full Greg Popovich. You got to go Eric Spolstra, Phil Jackson. Sometimes you got to coach teams that aren't good. It happens. What is it about coaching? Is it there's no work-life balance? They get burnt out at 36? Bill Belichick is a great example, isn't he? Bill Belichick, he's won Super Bowls, he's lost Super Bowls. He just said he's coming back, 71 years old. I love that. He's gotta be the greatest coach. Is he gonna be better known than Vince Lombardi? Wait, do you think he'd get the trophy named after him? The Bill Belichick Super Bowl trophy. No, not gonna happen. He's a curmudgeon, Coca, not me. Bill Belichick is one, but wow, what a coach. So if you're Sean McVay, why can't you just tell us what you're doing? If you're Sean Payton, why can't you just tell us what you're doing? If you're Jim Harbaugh, why can't you just tell us what you're doing? It doesn't hurt your negotiating. Do you think that the leverage at that level that Sean Payton has is based on the secrecy of his plan? That's what happens when you switch investment banks. That's what happens when you're trying to negotiate a free agent deal and you want several teams after you. When you're Sean Payton, you don't need that leverage at all, at all. I'm tired of that. At what point do I give up on nothing personal pick of the day? Never. I'm very sorry. 
I lost five. I'm 0-5 this year. It's almost unconscionable, actually. Friday, we had the Suns beating the Heat. They didn't. Saturday, we had the Jaguars winning by six over the Titans. They won by four. Sunday, we had the Packers beating the Lions to clinch their playoff berth by four and a half. They lost the damn game. 0-5. Do you know the Jacksonville Jaguars are the first team to win their division after posting the league's worst record since the Dolphins did that in 08? It's been like 14, 15 years. I think it's time to give Doug Peterson some serious credit here. I was watching that game Saturday night because it was a pick of the day. And I was thinking about the Titans and wondering whether or not Vrabel is going to get fired and looking at their quarterback and wondering, is Ryan Tannehill like the difference maker? Is Trevor Lawrence somehow going to get the Jaguars into the playoffs, a division win? And he did it with great poise. Doug Peterson is that coach. They finally can stop their carousel in Jacksonville. He's going to be there a while. Do you remember when the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to move to London? Now they're doing all sorts of renovations. They just talked about they want to do like a billion dollars of renovations to their stadium. You don't do that if you're moving full-time to London. And they're the most likely team to move full-time to London, which means if they're not moving to London, guess what? Sorry, Roger. No one's going to London. You're going to have to expand there, and you're not going to be able to do that either. Did it work? Are you distracted from the fact that I'm 0-5? Not the personal pick of the day. It's an outrage. All right, tonight I'm busy. Don't reach me. I may or may not be on social media. I'm going to be in the parking lot in Los Angeles. I'm going to be tailgating at SoFi Stadium. It's the college football playoff championship. It's Georgia against TCU. And I'm going to be there. So get ready. I'm not really. I'm in New York right now. Would you really not go to a game because you can't tailgate? That was a big thing when they announced it. No tailgating allowed. The reason why there's no tailgating allowed is that you want people inside the stadium buying your food. So people are upset about that. Give me a break. Are you going to watch that game tonight? George is going for a repeat. First one since, what is it, Alabama 10 years ago? The line is supposed to be a blowout. I've got TCU plus 12 and a half trying to break my 0-5 streak. I've been going more underdogs or should I take more favorites? I just feel like there's not gonna be a blowout. And TCU has that sort of destiny feeling. Remember when Alabama lost a championship game? What year was that? There's no way to know. It could have been last year or the year before. You just felt like they were not gonna get it done. I have that feeling with Georgia. TCU plus 12 and a half. That's my pick of the day for Monday. All right, we could do a phone call. It wasn't a phone call, though. It was this. Hey, uh, Trevor, it's Dan Kasten and Andrew Friedman. Yeah, we're coming to Arizona to see you. Is that okay? All right, we'll be right there. Get on the plane. They land. They go see him. They meet. They leave. Have you ever had a meeting with someone where you really wanted a third party in the meeting because two people in the meeting have two different views? The commissioner's office, they really didn't like when Bud Selig did meetings on his own. We didn't love it when our owner did meetings on his own, but no team wants their owners. No team wants anyone, president, owner, GM. Having meetings one-on-one -on -one is what leaves open the possibility of miscommunication and misunderstanding. 
Trevor Bauer got designated for assignment and then was told that he is not going to be a Dodger again. Now, what does that exactly mean in your mind? Well, I'm going to tell you. It means that Trevor Bauer is no longer going to be a Dodger. You don't do that in person normally, unless it's during the season, in which case you call the player into your locker room and you say, hey, we're designating you. That means get out of the clubhouse. We'll pack your crap up in a duffel bag that you can keep if you want to bring to your new team. If you get a new team and we've got seven days to trade you, release you, send you through waivers. That's what the Dodgers did. They had 14 days after he was reinstated to decide whether he was going to be a Dodger, and they took all 14 days. The Dodgers knew immediately, as soon as he was put on administrative leave, that he was never going to play for the Dodgers again. Why did they take the full 14 days to decide whether to put him back on the active roster? Rumors, the owner was on vacation. The owner had suffered a death with a friend of a friend. Those aren't excuses. Business goes on. There was no reason for the Dodgers to wait as long as they did, but they did. They go to Arizona to tell him in person during the offseason. Why? What would be the reason that they go to meet Trevor Bauer? Because they want to know whether or not he's going to apologize, be contrite? Would that have made a difference? The Andrew Friedman I know is the president of baseball operations for the Dodgers. There's not one thing Trevor Bauer could have said. Not one. Oh, Andrew, I'm a new person. I no longer choke people for sex, and I only have sex with people who I've known for a long time, not who I meet on the InterGoogle. And I'm very clear. I have them sign a consent form prior that there's going to be bruising and hitting of the private parts and potential choking. They signed the document, and you had your lawyer prepare it. It's all done. Remember the whole Deshaun Watson signatures, releases, forms? I'm doing that. We're good, and you need pitching. Ferris Bueller's out for the year. Kershaw is 92 years old. Come on. I want to be a Dodger. Give me a chance to rehabilitate. I'm so sorry. Is that possible? That's what the Dodgers thought Bauer was going to say? Of course not. Kyrie Irving changed his tune when there was a chance of losing money. What money does Trevor Bauer lose once his suspension was handed down? He was suspended for the 194 games. The Dodgers still owe him $22.5 million in baseball when you owe a player money, whether they play for you or not. As we discussed, guess what? Deadline. You're paying it. So the only question is, do you pay the player not to play? Do you pay him to play for another team? There was a thought that the Dodgers were calling 29 teams during that 14-day period to see whether or not Bauer could be traded. Horse hockey. Those calls were done way before this 14-day period. The decision not to bring him back was done way before the 14-day period. The knowledge that not one team was going to trade for him was known before the 14-day period. Just designate him. Get rid of him immediately. Send the message. Because now what the Dodgers do is they sent him the opposite message. They send the, t the league, their community, the opposite message. Like, hey, we were considering keeping Bauer, but then we chose not to. 
But then the Dodgers, upon designating Bauer for assignment, released a statement and they said, the Dodgers organization believes that the allegations of sexual assault or domestic violence should be thoroughly investigated with due process given to the accused. Two extensive reviews of all the available evidence in this case, one by the commissioner, another by a neutral arbitrator, concluded that Mr. Bauer's actions, when you ever refer to somebody in a statement and you say their last name only and not their first name, it's not good for the player. That's a little trick we use when you wanna come off as serious and you're angry with the player. We do not condone the actions of Mr. X. We love when Johnny Rockets goes into the community and does things. We want to announce the signing of John Cocktoast into a new contract. We would like to inform you that Mr. Rosen Rosen will not be back with the team, but we wish the best to his family. I like that. So the Dodgers said, we concluded that Mr. Bauer's actions warranted the longest ever active player suspension. Now that this process has been completed, and here comes the line of their statement. And after careful consideration, we've decided that he will no longer be a part of our organization. You got the full statement right there on your screen. Careful consideration. So that's, that's a term that's used often in statements in order to make sure that if there's legal action, that you have done the proper work prior to making the decision. Very, very common in the business world. In baseball, you don't need to have careful consideration before releasing a player or designating a player for assignment or trading a player. You don't need any type of consideration at all. So the Dodgers putting that in their statement saying after careful consideration, here's another grammar lesson when you're looking at that statement. When you have a sentence, and in this case, now that this process has been completed, comma, after careful consideration, comma, we've decided that he will no longer be a part of our organization. When you've got a phrase, when you have a phrase in between two commas, the only way you can do that grammatically is if the sentence still makes sense by taking out what's in between the commas. Let's read the sentence again. Now that this process has been completed, we have decided that he will no longer be a part of our organization. That reads perfectly. You can take out the and after care for consideration. It's not needed. What are you qualifying the fact that if you hadn't carefully considered it, maybe he would have been on the team? You just told us the fact. Ugh. Come on. And then they continued. Bauer leaves that meeting and has a totally different view. He said, while we were unable to communicate throughout the administrative leave and arbitration process, my representative spoke to Dodgers leadership immediately following the arbitration decision. Following two weeks of conversations around my return to the organization, I sat down with Dodgers leadership in Arizona. Look at this statement. Did you hear what Bauer said? Read it carefully right there following two weeks of conversations. Interesting. That's the 14 day period after the suspension and the neutral arbitrator made the decision and the 14 day period after which a decision had to be made, which means maybe the Dodgers did take the 14 days. Maybe they did meet with Trevor Bauer and say, there's a set of things you have to do and you'll be back on the team. Or maybe they want you to think that's the case.
Trevor Bauer needs you to think that's the case because he wants to keep playing. I'm disappointed by the decision. I appreciate the wealth of support. I don't like that choice of words ever, right? It's the wealth of support. Just I appreciate the great support, the large support, the tons of support, the wealth of support I've received from the Dodgers clubhouse. They hate him, by the way. I wish the players all the best and look forward to competing elsewhere. Notice how he didn't say, he used to say, look forward to competing in Major League Baseball. I look forward to competing elsewhere. He may do like the hot dog eating contest. He'd be competing in that. Maybe the uh, the chainsaw thing. What's that uh, middle of the night on ESPN, the Timbermen, where they're cutting down logs, wearing kilts with their huge tree trunk arms, right? They're carrying stuff. Has that been replaced by CrossFit? Hey, Coca, is that still a sport? I can't, what is that called when people do that? I cannot remember that. Okay. You know what I just realized? I never, <laughs> we're live, baby. That's how we do nothing personal. Live three days a week, but the other days, we don't even edit. We just give you the show. I make mistakes. I never even think I answered the question that you asked about asking permission from another team. The answer is their property. They have to. Thank you, Coco, for reminding me. You have to ask permission of the other team because Sean Payton is property of the Saints. Now, Sean Payton knows that it will be granted. We actually tell people in advance whether we will grant permission if asked. We actually put it in contracts. If you sign this contract with us, we will not grant permission. We've actually done that before with baseball executives. Don't bother trying to maneuver and manipulate permission. Do you know executives do that to uh, gain leverage and to get more money, even when they have no intention of going? You have to be very careful as an employer. Side note here, Coca. You have to be very careful, right? If you go to, let's say you're at Morgan Stanley, an investment bank, and you say to them, hey, I got an offer now from uh, Goldman Sachs. And they say, well, tell me what the offer is. And you show them the offer, even though you're not allowed to, but you let them know on a different piece of paper. They're giving me two times my revenue, two times my book revenue. Um, no, can't take clients, whatever the case may be. They're giving me upfront a million dollars, $10 million, whatever the case may be. And then all of a sudden, Morgan Stanley says, all right, we'll match that. That happens in front offices in sports all the time. You've got a area scout who says, hey, I've got an offer to be a pro scout from the Blue Jays. They used to have like a million pro scouts and they may have none anymore. I used to, uh, they used to come in and say to me, hey, we're gonna lose this guy. We have an offer. He's got an offer. Do you know what they would often do is they'd call their friends at another team and say, hey, just make me an offer. I'm not taking it, but I'm gonna use it to try to get more money from my current team. I used to look very askance at anybody who would tell me that because I wouldn't believe anyone. Now, I may or may not have spoken to presidents of other teams and talked about that at owners meetings in private conversations saying we have to stop that. And then I came up with a way better way to do it, which is if you're signed to a contract with us at a certain level, we're not gonna grant you permission to talk to anyone, so don't bother. You can't use it as leverage because we're not changing your pay, don't bother. And by the way, Here's the other little rule we'd put in place for employees. If you go seek permission from us because you want to interview with someone else, you better get that job because you're not coming back. Does that sound too harsh? Why is that harsh? If you work at Coke and you go interview with Pepsi, you're not allowed back at Coke. You're just not. I don't know what the big deal is. 
people getting upset with me that Joe Flacco's son was wearing a Dolphins uniform to the game, and I was angry about that. I would never let my kids wear a Phillies jersey to a game. I never once saw a player wearing an opposing team's jersey or his kids wearing an opposing team's jersey to a game. If you're working at Coke, you cannot flirt with Pepsi, period. You're working at Morgan Stanley, you don't flirt with Goldman Sachs. How many people flirt with the competition and live to see it? Don't do it. Why? It's just business. This is nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.